This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. This week on Meat and 3, we're looking at factors that will shape our food world in 2019. We start with trend predictions and how media covers them. A website could theoretically devote all their coverage to these viral trends and, and get all sorts of hits. That's not a way to build sustainable readerships, just as it's not a way to build you know, sustainable restaurants. We report on a big change coming and how street meat will be served. On January 1st, a ban on plastic foam went into effect in New York City. And we round out the episode with a story about using gene editing to create the spicy tomato of the future. At first, it sounds like a, like a gimmick or like something that you would do for fun. The truth is, there is a real value behind it. It's not too late to make your resolution. Subscribe to Meet and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode this year. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brenton Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about ostrich and wine and dough! <laughs> I'm drunk! <laughs> Always! Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, banquet! Welcome to Life's a Bank with the culinary show that's all about the highs and lows of everything spreadable, edible, and borable. Starring me! Uh, and, sorry. Starring just me. I'm so sorry. I've gotten rid of my other host. Turns out, uh, well, commodities and economy. We had to cut one of us and it wasn't going to be me. Oh, sorry, Zara. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, right that's here. next week. I forgot to tell you. Well, I, well, it's okay because who cares? Breton, you're what, here today. What would I do without you? You're here. To, you, what, what, you're such a confidence booster. What would I? What would? You're right. What would you do without me? Do you want me to actually think about that? I don't know what I'd do without probably you. Probably. Probably just sit inside and stare at the wall every day, crying. And you eating. might have more money. I would eat flour just right out of the container. Mm-hmm. Dry, dry you would flour. Never have had a dimmer switch. <laughs> That's true. Actually, no. I don't know. Okay, so check this out. How is what? What's going on? It's spring today. Suddenly in February. Spring has sprung. Although every February it seems to spring for us. Remember last February when it was okay, 80 Zara degrees? and I have. So basically, before everybody had, uh, we used to have real memories before Facebook and Instagram reminded us of them. So Zara and I have a real memory that we remembered on our own. And we he- did. Ah, it was a year ago. Picture it, 2018. Ah, we were all just young little babies. My I've hair told the was story- short. I've told this story so many times. I was driving to go to a court case for bicycle tickets in upstate New York, getting pulled over in the Taconic State Parkway. And oh. on the way, we were fortunate enough to stop at the none other than Martha Stewart's farm. Yeah, it was amazing. We got to go inside. We saw her winter citrus. We petted her horse's manes, and we saw her yellowware bulls. Ryan just got fired. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but there was a solar eclipse, and we watched it, through, and it was it was yeah. incredible. We stared at it without any protection, just like we mm-hmm. saw the president do. We said, okay, well, it looks safe to look at this thing if he's doing it. Yep. Well, here we are. How was your week? What did you do? What's My going week was on? pretty good. Um, well, I recovered from a sickness. I drank lots of broth. I got lots of sleep and had a couple of hot toddies. Mm. Was accidentally yep. served an entire glass full of horseradish vodka, thinking that it was water. Well, it turns out it healed you. <laughs> uh, now I'm fine. 
Uh, I made some delicious things. I laughed. I cried. I ate some bread. What kind of delicious things did you make? Uh, well, I made a ricotta. I've been making this cake that I've had to make for a couple of different clients now. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty classic yellow cake, and then it has a little orange ricotta filling in it. So I yes. whipped up one of those. Delicious. A cannoli cake. A ca- kind of a cannoli kind of cake. A ca- kind of a cannoli some cake. Some might call it a cannoli cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made that. Uh, I was going to do some... Uh, Super Bowl delights, and then I realized that I don't like football, and I don't care. Football? Uninterested. Somebody yesterday talked to me, and they said, they go, hey, Z, so did you enjoy, this is an old high school friend, he goes, hey, Z, did you enjoy watching the Super Bowl? I know you're a football fan. I go, <laughs> and then he goes, no, seriously, you love football. And I go, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you loved football when uh, you were going out with our dog, who was my boyfriend when I was 16, I was like, well, a lot has changed in the past 20 years. I don't watch football. I don't even know what football is. I do like nachos. I do love puppies. You know what? I love football uh, related food that they, pro- the football, right. you know, I love, football I love, shaped I love food. a good popper. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. We're at the food podcast. Food, food. <laughs> Not those kind of poppers. I love a jalapeno popper. You pop that in. Oh, I made, I tried to make, the larger version of poppers, which is AKA chili rellenos, right? Okay, what happened? It's in the freezer. Of course, Breton. So you know, I haven't. Yes. Yeah, so should we tell them about? Well, if we could just you. take three minutes to have this be group public therapy, and if you're listening, thank you very much. First of all, to all our listeners in uh, Kazakhstan and, and Germany, Guam, Guam. Yes, thank you, Guam. Timbuktu. Yep, that's right. So Sheboygan, I know there's a couple of you. So. There is a thing, a problem that I have, which is called over. It's called the overexcitement of cooking projects problem, mm-hmm. right? So I spend my mornings and afternoons and nights looking through cookbooks, and I guess nowadays you have to go on the internet, and I've get, and I have a list, right? Every month I I make a list of all these things that I want to make, like dreams, hopes, and fears. some of the, fears, yes, fear based cooking, <laughs> fear based, very cooking. popular with millennials. Uh, if I don't make something, what I usually do is I pull out each arm hair. Uh, <laughs> So for each recipe I don't make, that's 40 arm hairs. Oh, my God. Now, so I ha- you know, I think it's very exciting to cook, right? Yeah. But a lot of my projects, I get into it, and then something happens. You know what happens mostly because of the New York lifestyle? What? The, because of oh, the, the old New York, this because, and that? Because of the homosexual New York lifestyle I've been living for the last 12 years. Always stuck in a bathhouse. Oh, uh, stuck in a bathhouse. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that later. Perfect. Uh, different podcast. But the <laughs> the... You, suddenly you want you have a plan to have dinner but then something more interesting comes up like oh our friend is working at brooklyn social and mm-hmm. it's the dead of winter as yeah we, as we've been talking maybe we should get drunk instead exactly and eat just one order of french fries right it's a great well well yes you are definitely someone who gets very excited about cooking projects more so than anyone i know which is one of the greatest things about you every time you go over to breton's house there's something bubbling or simmering mm-hmm. or baking and he's like take a taste of this it's a pumpkin seed galette that doesn't make any sense but you know what i'm trying to say it here. could i mean i'm technically I, there's one in the oven right now um <laughs> i've well, gotta go <laughs> but it's incredible there really is always something at your house that i've never met anyone that makes things as consistently as you however i'm always like god i never got a bite of that and i take i'm kind of a narcissist so i take it very personally oh yes. Breton never gives me a bite of anything he hates me secretly but really what happens is it's all in the freezer he shoves it in the freezer Half, it's a lot of unfinished projects in the freezer 
when I die, they're going to publish this big thing in the form of a freezer, and they're going <laughs> to defrost. Like- they're going to defrost everything that'll be in it. Like, oh, look at this <laughs> museum! Oh, yeah, except that it will be a bad <laughs> museum because it's not that interesting. Like, oh, look, uh, no. But the whole point is, first of all, the freezer is an incredible tool, and I do pull out stuff later that I've forgotten. You do. Like, oh my gosh, I I can all I do is stuff these with cheese and yeah, get them along. Also, I think if you're not sure if something happens, especially with meat or perishable products. Just put it in the freezer because then you can save it. Totally. And it's okay. Freezers are great. I love a freezer. It's amazing. We were joking before that you need an intern to help just finish your project. Exactly. So if you would like to go ahead and leave us any comments or feedback, um, questions or or anything, you know, go ahead and email us at lifesabanquetshow at gmail.com. And also... If you're looking to be an intern in my very own kitchen. Brent, it reminds me of that <laughs> Seinfeld when Kramer gets an intern yeah, for yeah. Kramerica Enterprises. So Bretton is starting Britannica Enterprises. Um, please reply with a headshot and That's a butt right. shot. Headshot, butt shot. Uh, I like uh, 22 inch round biceps. Uh, no cankles. Sorry. <laughs> it's not that it, nothing against it. I just don't want them. Uh, but no, it's definitely unpaid. But uh, your payment is just the glitz. The, gl- the glitz, <laughs> the glitz, and the glam. <laughs> Being so close to a celebrity, twenty-four hours. A day. Okay, so we have just. I I want to talk about our subject, but I please. Was there, we have a very big subject. We do have today. a very big subject, and I was trying to think like all the fun. I so I always write down before I was. I write down. Oh, what did I make this week? Yes, please. I ra- made eleven different items. Oh my god, what'd you make? Uh, let's see, I made chicken milanese and arugula salad, two types of Caesar salad. One Wait. was like a quick Caesar salad, like, cause I was in a hurry and I was like, what can I do for a quick Caesar? Which is kind of, is a quick Caesar. Caesar is a quick salad. It already is quick. How'd mm-hmm. you make it quicker? Uh, I used the stick mixer, stick hand blender. Oh, instead of like a mortar and pestle? Yeah, yeah. Smart. Like the old hand blender. Or the, oh. <laughs> or. <laughs> oh, you yeah. put the, you got the. Old the, hand blender. You made a two-handed Caesar. That I got, I smell the Lots of broccoli. Cooking. I made a lot of broccoli rob and the pork and ginger scallion meatballs. Oh. Zara's recipe. How did they turn They're out? They were a little bready. They They're, were too bready? I put too much bread in. Mm. Sorry. I, Zara is a, we are doing one episode in the future of Zara's meatball masterclass. I'm a ball queen. She's a ball queen. She's a she really makes a good meatball, and you've practiced a lot. I this, love balls. I like small balls, big balls, long balls, pork balls, lamb balls. Yeah, we're talking about meatballs. I people. mean, get your mind out of the gutter. It's not like you were just born with this ball gift. You well, I wasn't born with any balls. I yeah. had to acquire them. Yeah, you worked very hard. But I'm also a bad recipe recanter and a horrible recipe writer. So I'm sorry if they were too bready because I just can't. I have to be there. Well, I know. That's why we know we're doing a live uh, meatball master class where uh, the microphones will be slathered in the sauce and Ooh. pork fat. and <sighs> be, Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, so now what's going on? Well, uh, the world is coming to a slow and grinding halt and Perfect. end. but. <laughs> but we have a fabulous uh, subject for you I'm, today. I'm miserable, and it's the dead of winter. I'm a completely alone and suffering from depression. But I do have a good friend sitting right to my left, and I eat lots of nice food and drink champagne, and I dance the boogie. That is true, and you are surrounded Saturday. by approximately 10 to 12 million people in this fabulous city. <laughs> That's <sighs> about it. So we have a great topic today, which I feel like Breton and I contemplated making this a two-parter. Now, you had mentioned you thought our topic was boring. Okay, well, first of all, I want to talk about the etymology of the... You want to give it away? Yeah, yeah. Say it. It's soup. It is soup. Soup. So did you know that I read it on the internet? Where's that? There was that? an article. 
There was actually an article on Bon Appetit from 2011, <gasps> I think it was, and it was about the etymology of the word soup and that they said that it might have originally come from the word uh, from a brothel, which they used to call oh. a stew because it was so <laughs> stewy inside. Uh, 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 Things, just this is what I was talking yeah. about, my bathhouse. Like sometimes I'm in the, ba- like, I'm in the bathhouse, mm-hmm. Russian Turkish bathhouse, I'm like, I'm getting, Smell, yeah. well, I'm Go ahead. getting boiled, I'm getting cooked. Totally. In You're a like, soup. And it smells like soup in yeah. there, I bet, too. It does kind of smell like soup. Different kinds of uh, <laughs> Different people. kinds of sausages. <laughs> Different kinds of meats. sausage, yeah. Meats, lots of meat, meat soup. Well, anyway, the, I guess the moral of the story is that soup is has all these like fun meanings, right? It comes from, their Latin is zuppa, suppa, S-U-P-P-A, suppa. Mm. Like what's up? Yeah, what's up? What's up? Yeah, like what's that's a supper? yeah, yeah. Uh, what pot potage? Right, there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of you know. Then I so then as I, I go to the the what's the called the Brooklyn Historical Library, right? And I'm getting all these cookbooks from 1850s and and they were very interesting. These Mrs. Beecher, who the hell think, is she? Uh, well, it's a different thing, but she's old. She used to write. Um, about housekeeping for women and you know part of this of keeping a good house was obviously cooking and feeding your family and one of the basis of all of this was any scraps of anything that you had whether it was meat or vegetables or grains back in the day before we could just go to our local deli or our whole foods or our trader joe's and get so much food that you're like just throw it away (laughs) um you actually had to save your, your leftovers and you we, you would make these into a beautiful stock which then you would enrich your other food and make soups and stews so they were actually a part of sustenance and they kept people alive yeah throughout like yeah mean, this is true it's soup. more than just witchcraft it's more than and just the world so then i thought oh soup is kind of oh soup there's like the people that are you know I always think I worked in restaurants forever. I always think of the person that's like, ah, "Excuse me, waiter, what's your soup of the day?" You know, and every, soup, a soup obsessed soup of the day. Like, why do you yeah. want soup? But then, but then you get a warm bowl of seafood chowder. Okay, fine, it's a soup. It's a chowder. It's a soup. Don't worry about it. And then you just have that warm, warm chowder, and you just have it with some bread and butter, some uh, crusty bread and butter, and then you ooh. suddenly realize that that is actually the best meal. That you could have in your life. Agreed. I think soup is Besides absolutely. Besides pizza the best. and French fries. Yes, a French fry covered pizza is second only to a bowl of soup or first, depending on who you are. Um, I always thought it was funny. We had a line cook one time, or prep cook rather, at Brucey. And, you know, we do family meal. And a lot of times it would be soup. I love soup. So I would make soup often for family meal. And sometimes family meal gets a bad rap. You know, mm-hmm. people think, oh, they, they're just giving us the leftover crap from yesterday. And those people would be correct. Uh, but when I made soup for family <laughs> meal, it was actually good stuff. It, and it was leftover Flavors stuff. Flavors develop over the course of a day or two or three or, <laughs> or seven. Or three or seven weeks. You know, so what? <laughs> or a you, freezer from last year. You clean out the freezer. Exactly. You find that quart of aioli that's been there for three months and you make a mayonnaise soup and, and some people say you're trying to poison them. I mean, come on. But so this guy said he was allergic to soup. And I say, okay, guy, what oh, kind of soup are you allergic he to? He did not. You allergic to peanut soup? Are you allergic to egg soup? Whatever. I went through the gamut of different allergies bread soup what is it he goes no i'm allergic to all soup tangora and i said okay fine so then i would just cook the soup that we had for family meal down and like toss it with pasta and then as soon as he'd take a bite i would go you're eating soup <laughs> you dehydrated soup exactly. put it in astronaut food i was like, like here's here's this packet of big chew gum just kidding yeah it's- 
just waiting for him to die, but he never did. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's very interesting. Was it, you were saying the difference between, I don't actually, I mean, I do know, but I think a lot of our listeners might not know the difference between a potage and a chowder, maybe a brothy soup. Can you Well, us? of course. I mean, all over the world, there's different types of soups, right? You think Mexico, they've got tortilla soup. They have, what is it, the one? Pozole. The pozole. And then mm. you go to Japan and you get miso soup. You go to China mm. and you get... Uh, shrimp wonton soup from Noodle Village, Ooh. or <laughs> you just and what, so. And then I think these were words that we developed, right? A chowder would maybe typically have potatoes, mm-hmm. and of course, some might argue like, no, this chowder is not supposed to have potatoes. So these were words, and they were around certain areas, and that's how we developed the thing. You know, like stew. What is stew? As we said, these were just words that were formed over the course of many years of like, oh, well, a stew is this and it's thicker. and mm-hmm. uh, But who's to say that if you don't make a really thick uh, lentil soup? Right. Does it, so when does it become a stew? I don't know. What about Rebolita? Yeah. Rebolita. Well, well, this is where we contact our, our, our stew judges. <laughs> <laughs> our local soup yeah, representatives. Yeah, like, Excuse me, I'm sorry. We are, you are not sorry. That is not a soup of the day. That is a stew of the day. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Clam chowder is not a They're all soups. Yeah. And my, you know. If it's hot and you can eat it with a spoon. What if it's cold? Is it soup? Zara. Oh, what if it's a What if it's a vicious Oh, <laughs> what if it's a borscht? What if it's a what if it's a chilled borscht? What if it's a cold cucumber fucking soup? What if it's what if it's a Tuscan bean soup? Oh my What if it's shark fin soup? Oh my god! Which has gotten a lot of bad stuff lately. Don't. <gasps> or what if it's turtle soup? Zara, I well, want to hear. But Zara has. I'm so, gonna tell you. Oh, go ahead. No, I want to Zara spoiled my surprise for me, which was, I said, oh, what are you going to talk about? And she said, turtle soup. Well, I am going to talk about turtle soup, and you all are going to hear all about it after this commercial break. Wait. Oh, yeah. Commercials. Love them. Okay, bye. Come back. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Root 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With the secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 Potato Chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. I'm Damon Bolte. And I'm Souther Teague. Together we host The Speakeasy, a show where we discuss cocktails, spirits, wine, beer, tea, coffee, and all things in the liquid universe. Yeah, our guests range from bartenders and brewers, alchemists and ambassadors, roasters and regulars, hippies and home brewers, and every expert enthusiast in between. <laughs> Browse episodes of The Speakeasy wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, welcome back. What a joy it is to have you back with us here in the studio. Oh, I am so happy because I'm going to start talking about my favorite topic. Mm, yes. Turtle murder. 
<laughs> Zara told me last night she roasted a chicken. Yes. Another thing you're very good at. Oh, thanks, honey. And the you said that once a once a chicken is feathered and plucked and boiled and skinned and well, I guess not skinned, but mm-hmm. uh, plucked if it's <laughs> it's a protective layer. Kind of just looks like a turtle without the shell. Absolutely. So I'm doing all this research about turtle soup. I'm watching all these videos about people. Uh, butchering turtles, catching turtles, killing turtles, maiming turtles, eating turtles, cooking turtles, picking off their meat. And I get this chicken out of the oven. I'm like, you know, I'm going to pick at this thing. I never really cook for myself. So the fact that I roasted myself a chicken was a big deal. Hey, got to take care of yourself. I go to take a little uh, snibble of it. A little nibbly nib. A snibble. That's a small nibble. I was just like, I can't eat this. All I can think is that I'm eating like a raw turtle, and I'm not someone who's adverse to different kinds but of meat cooked. or of of fall. It was, yeah. it wasn't cooked. That was the problem. I was eating a raw chicken. Uh. <laughs> but really, a chicken is really a chicken mm, is chicken a turtle sashimi. without a shell. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. It's evil. It's just as evil as a turtle. So, um, back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Starting all the way from, I'm, I mean, this could go back and back the, and Anything forth back and forth. in the day refers to before. Before Brighton. The, before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-internet. Yeah. Pray before. <laughs> when, in the times of Encyclopedia Britannica, when one had to open a book and search alphabetically or using the Dewey Decimal System to find information. Exactly. This was definitely pre-Oregon Trail, the video game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the most popular soup, and kind of in America beginning, uh, they said it was probably served at the first thanksgiving and fourth most popular soup was turtle soup that was the most popular soup it was extremely popular i mean we think like chicken noodle soup i'll tell you why in a little bit why turtle soup fell out of favor but it was popular amongst both poor and rich people which i think is really interesting obviously most food back then was kind of on a grab as you go basis so you know people could just grab a turtle out of the pond and cook it but they were also Sir, turtle soup is also served all of different kinds of presidents. Um, John Adams, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, people were really digging into turtle soup. You know that? Can I just interject Please. really quickly? Is well, that, good. I, I thought you'd God. never ask. So anyway, so my mom says, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, was, I go to Chinatown a lot. That's yeah. where I live. Uh, well, I don't live there, but I live there when I'm not in bed. Mm-hmm. And the I discovered at my, there's a lot of places that have live seafood. Yeah. You can get murdered before your very eyes, and turtles is one of them. And I just discovered it. It's at that. There's a wonderful market on the, on Mott Street, on the corner of Grand in in Manhattan. <clears throat> For those of you who don't live there, it's wonderful. Yeah. And you can just go and pick up live turtles, and then have them cracked and and their head. Well. Yeah, their head yeah. gets snipped off with a scissor, or yeah. they just step on their shell and crush it. Yeah. <laughs> break their backs. Yeah. So you can do that. Um, so if you're still interested. If anyone wants to break a turtle's back, head right down to Chinatown. Um, so they say, first, I want to say tell you about a very interesting thing about turtle meat that I'm going to be honest. I didn't know much about turtle meat. I've never had this turtle episode. meat. I haven't either, and I'm not picky. I'm not really interested in having it after watching all these videos, mostly because I'm very afraid of frogs, and a turtle reminds me of a frog with a shell and mm-hmm. now I can't eat chicken either. Um, so they say from a turtle, you can get seven different kinds of meat depending on what part of the turtle you're eating. And, and it's it not can, just light and dark. No, they say parts of it taste like fish parts of it taste like veal parts of it taste like beef, chicken, pork, and lamb, which is disgusting to me. I I'm mad at that. Mostly a turtle of many mammals. I yeah. had no idea. It's like a freak animal. I, I don't yeah, know. It's a reptile. I'm confused. I know it's very bizarre life. So back in the day, uh, 
Ma- uh, Southerners would have big parties and they would call them. And by tr- Southerners, we mean <laughs> anybody anyone, below but the Mason Dixon. Anyone line. below 14th Street. <laughs> <laughs> anybody that's, if you're in New York, it means anybody exactly <laughs> below 14th Street. They're disgusting, horrible people. <laughs> they would have things called turtle frolics where they would get massive turtles that weighed like 200 pounds and their servants and their cooks would prepare the turtles and then they would serve the stew in the giant shells. And I'm just picturing glass glamorous people waltzing around everyone's doing whatever kind of weird drugs or back then guzzling champagne every yes opium (laughs) everyone's hand is up everyone else's skirt and down everyone's knickers yes and nobody's bathed and and it's It's disgusting stench of it all and there's just turtle soup and turtle yeah (laughs) (laughs) just flying everywhere here (laughs) smelly people unwashed hands uh knickers that haven't been washed in years Exactly. So they would make the turtle soup most commonly out of either green sea turtles, terrapins, snapper. Um, and in the South, they became known as none other than cooter, which was a difficult hmm. for me to keep cooter? a straight face knowing that I'm so immature. I was just like, every time someone said cooter in a video that I was watching, I started giggling. Amber, Amber, get mommy's menthol cigarettes in a, in a bowl of cooter soup. <laughs> <laughs> give me my give me my cooter, my hot blazing Amber, cooter. Get mommy her cooter soup. <laughs> That's what they said. Um, and in New Jersey, uh, Alexander Hamilton and his murderer Aaron Burr were both members. Oh, Aaron, Burr. Of, Aaron Burr were both members of the Hoboken Turtle Club, mm-hmm. which was a men's only private club that was started by a guy named uh, John Stevens, and he had a problem where these turtles were infesting his pond, like hundreds and hundreds of turtles and they were coming up and eating his chickens they were taking the chickens grabbing them by their necks pulling them into their lair underneath on yeah, the turtles pond are floor. nasty they're nasty little bastards snapping turtles snapping beaks and claws they're just dis- they're honestly disgusting i have no love for turtles really i'm not into them but mm. so he started this turtle club because instead of just moving the chickens he's like well instead of moving the chickens let's murder all the turtles and it became an event and then they'd have these wild turtle soup parties which would go on and for it's days men's only men's only men's only no G- clothing gay yeah. turtle eating extravaganza wow yeah pr- should have been there in a bathhouse you would have loved it <laughs> i would have fit right in i knew i was living the wrong generation <laughs> Um, so anyway, everybody had turtle soup going through the ages. The Great Depression, people uh, ate gopher tortoises, and they called it Hoover chicken because uh, President Hoover was the president at the time. <laughs> um, Naturally. <laughs> basically what happened, though, long story short, is that we ate all of the turtles out of the water. Much like the dodo birds. Right. Yes. And what happens is that if you eat a mature turtle... Mm-hmm. It's hard. You do when you eat an old lady cooter. <laughs> that old lady cooter takes a long time to come back to childbearing age. Really? So we're eating all the old lady cooters, and now they're extinct. So we're eating the grandpappies. Exactly. So that was kind of the problem. And then also, what happened was around uh, the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. when uh, Henry Ford invented the. Uh, uh, the was it the automobile? The model? No, the um, the line, the assembly line. Oh, the assembly, the yeah. act, his actual factory. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. Then they started moving that towards food, and that is when. Uh, Food became more commercialized because people could just, you know, factory farming chickens. And then everyone kind of lost their taste <laughs> for turtles. That's why we got chunky eating double stuffed Oreos in the 1980s. Exactly. <laughs> Here, just keep, the factory keeps pumping them out. Come on, eat it faster, Brent. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. We got snack wells. Enter the 1990s. No. So people kind of lost their taste for it. Oh. For that. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Our producer, Oreo. Oh, my God. 
please luckily Lord. i gave up judging for 2019 amazing just our, kidding. our producer oreos. just revealed <laughs> that he ha- our producer matt revealed that he has a package of double stuffed oreos um so Damn. people then started because turtle soup is actually really mainly considered a very expensive extravagance people started making mock turtle soup which i think we've all I heard do of rem- i recall this recipe I it was it a lot also andy warhol's favorite kind of soup from campbell's and mock turtle soup was made with a ca- whole calves head and apparently the smell was crazy, but it was very popular in Cincinnati among German immigrants because it was kind of sweet and sour. That is very interesting. Commercialized sour soup. Yes. Commercialized mock turtle soup is made. The f- second ingredient after calf's head is ketchup. Oh, really? Yes. It's like a ketchup That's... stew with calf head in it. All right. I guess I'm okay with this. But... Turtle soup is also kind of um, a, a tomato-y based stewy thing i've never had it i can't believe this we must i could live without it let's just read about it i did watch a video of nick solaris in um uh an eater video in new orleans and he was having it at a famous restaurant there and apparently going back to two episodes ago the soup is traditionally served with a little glass of sherry on the side so you add your own sherry table side very French. that is right true and you know what we talked about that in our last two episodes ago right? yeah about sherry so exactly you can hear all about that so that's supposed to really add to it um that's kind of the most interesting thing about turtle soup i think you know in terms of high and low it, it's just one of those things kind of like the soup version of Polly shore once you there you are you have so much fame every single person loves you you're on top of your game the next minute you're you know, Shore. you're Polly shore you're screech you're still alive but <laughs> you're screech they're and not you, the same person you're an amateur porn <laughs> That's Your really Jared funny. from Subway. Gosh, oh, God, Jared that fucking crickets. guy. Um, and then one last thing I do want to say is kind of relating to what you were just saying before about the steam room. I was looking up all the stuff about uh, turtle soup, and then something on Urban Dictionary came up. I'm like, oh, I wonder what, the, what that means in sex Urban Dictionary talk. So it says, uh, turtle soup, according to Urban Dictionary, the smell in the air after someone has had hot, steamy sex, usually with a girl of the trailer park variety, also known as dirty butts. So wait, they call that, sorry, they call that, tur- that's turtle yeah, soup, exactly. Urban Dictionary? Yeah, when you have sex with a trailer park hoe with a dirty butt. Man or woman, it doesn't oh, matter. Oh yeah, man, woman, other, anything. Just, I think they have to come from a trailer park. Sorry if anyone out there lives in a trailer park. This is not something that hey, I made listen, up. my grandparents lived in a trailer park. I would. I, after they retired. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I have to say about turtle soup. Once America's favorite soup, now Screech. Now Screech. Well, you know as I was looking, do you remember how important suit so you would mention Andy Warhol? And it made me think of how, uh, how uh, soup can become our culture, right? American, how, how American is cream of tomato soup with a grilled cheese, right? Mm. By Campbell's company. I was reading an old gourmet magazine and I came across an ad in an, one of those 1963 uh, gourmet magazine reprints that I had, the original actually, and it said moon soup. What the and hell? This was a recipe published by Campbell's, Campbell's Soup Company in the 1960s. And it says, take a Campbell cheddar cheese soup, blend it together with a can of Campbell's green pea soup, oh my and God. then add a can of milk and it will be a beautiful pale green beauty with a delicate shimmer of moonlight. It states in the recipe, I am sorry 
That is not. <laughs> that is that's not, not a moon. There is no reason that's a moon soup either. Remember Luke's drink that he used to make up Brucey? Moon, moon babies. Baby. This week on Moon Baby. Use a little creme de violet. <laughs> add it with some orange. Exactly. Those were good. That does not. I don't. I would like to ask the Campbell's company why is that moon soup? What about it? Is is that the only thing that you could eat on the moon or something? No, it was because it was supposed to emulate the gorgeous green, golden color of. Of the moon? Of the moonlight. Is the moon green and green gold? Yeah. Moonlight glow. I guess. That's a stretch, Campbell's, though. (laughs) Well, before pollution, it used to be a little bit more green. Do you ever have Campbell's soup growing up? Uh, Yes, we had some. I was never... I really liked the cream of celery. Oh, that's so obscure. Well, I was kind of a... You know... (laughs) I was gay. Ew, cream of celery. <laughs> gay guys like stuff. Wow. They're like celery sticks. Um, <laughs> puree it, whip it, add cream, yum. I loved Campbell's tomato. Yeah, that is very, I don't know, it tastes. It's like ketchup. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's ketchup. It's liquid ketchup, but I also love ketchup. That is a that is a deep, guilty pleasure of mine. I think I would, I haven't had it in years, but I used to eat it for breakfast. Secret so, corner. Now, listen, I want to talk to everybody really quickly about making soup. Right, everybody's. My mom always says, "But Breton, what's the what's the one thing I can do?" She always wants the secret for the recipe. Like, right. what's the shortcut? What's the what's the thing you can do? Like, Breton, what is it? Well, I tell people first of all, uh, if you're if you are not a vegetarian, I would recommend at all times, even if you're a basic cook. Actually, one of the basic things you can do as a home cook is simply have chicken stock frozen in quart containers. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, after years and years of experimenting with chicken stock i found the best stock for the cheapest actually is to put chicken feet oh yeah absolutely now listen go to your butcher and if you're living sometimes the major grocery stores don't have this but often if you do contact the butcher directly and say hey can you, people are grossed out They're like oh god i put feet in my chicken soup what's the difference you're willing to eat its breast and its butt let and me it- tell you in campbell's chicken noodle soup they put every they put beaks in there and eyeballs oh let yeah me tell it's you. chock full of eyeballs it's chock full of eyeballs i've seen them uh, and so basically you, what you do with a nice chicken stock is you get chicken backs and necks. You don't mm. need to have the whole bird. My neck, yeah, my, my back, back, my chicken, and, and my, my crack. crack. Put it in a stock pot. Add some sort of mildly chopped vegetables. It doesn't have to you know, keep them whole. Who cares if you're in a hurry? Throw it in. Throw an onion. Throw a turnip. Throw some kale stems. I don't care. Yeah. And you put that in that stock pot. For chicken soup, you want to let that simmer at least an hour and a half, two hours. I like to do it a little bit longer. Some, some people say you can do it shorter. Uh, and then if you're a veg, you know, if you just want to get a nice veg stock, I like to roast some of my vegetables before I add them into the stock pot, right? For sure. What do you do? Uh, I always roast, and I always... <laughs> she always roasts. I always roast, and I always roast the carcass as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, to get some get some additional flavor in there. P.S., this is our chef recommends, in case anyone's curious. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, chef recommends putting chicken feet and chicken backs in your stock. It'll give it a luxurious mouthfeel. Absolutely. All but- that collagen and cartilage breaks down yeah yeah that's how you get one of those stocks that's like jelly like gelatinous yeah when it chills it should turn into jelly right i also will put i'll leave my stock on for like 24 hours you're a long you're a long cooker Mm -hmm. well so now there's the 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 difference between bone broth and stock right Mm -hmm. well in i think that's just another matter of words right if totally i Sure. Some people say, oh, don't put aromatics. And by aromatics, I mean herbs or other vegetables in your bone broth. But you absolutely can't. Here's the deal, people. This is what this show is about. You can listen to any other show. You can read any other magazine you want. You come here to understand 
that you can do whatever you whatever want. Whatever you want. Yep. It doesn't matter. We have given up judgment here in yeah. 2019. We've been through it all. We found out that it just doesn't matter. It, it's about what you like. I mean, there's so many rules, and that's kind of the interesting thing I think that's happening in food in general. I mean, you look at restaurants in Paris that are breaking the mold. The thing is now, like, there has been a lot of rules surrounding cooking and a r- lot of rules surrounding everything. And now, even with the rule list thing, there's still now rules. Brett and I's true belief is that cooking comes from your heart. It's about experimentation. It's about making mistakes. And your mistake might be someone else's success. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Some people just, everyone has a different taste. So a lot of recipes out there will say, don't put anything green into your stock because it muddies it and makes it gross. I will put anything in the stock. I don't care. If I'm trying to make something very specific to the letter, I'm trying to get a certain uh, result. That's a different story than me just having fun and living my goddamn life mm-hmm. at home. Get back off. <laughs> get, get, get off. Their townspeople are crowding the studio. Yeah. But that's what I think. And I also actually believe, and my part of my chef recommends this week, is if you don't have stock, don't oh. let that stop you from making a soup. Throw some stuff in. You know, throw a bone and get a stew going, Carl Weathers. But... um Seriously, sometimes, you know, if you're one of those people and you're at home and maybe you're not so comfortable with cooking and you're fearful, you're like, oh, I really wanted to make soup, but I don't have any chicken stock. And, you know, if you're making a chicken soup, you're going to want chicken stock. If you're looking for a weeknight fix and you got a bunch of stuff in your cabinet in your fridge that you want to put water in it. Oh. And what did you say, Breton? This is actually, sorry, there's one quick thing I wanted to mention about soup. No, but on that thing. Let's say you make the soup. Some people come over. You've got this pot on. You think you've done a fabulous job. And let's say something happens like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to add salt or or something. Or it tastes plain. Maybe it doesn't taste as interesting as you thought, which I have had many of soups. Be like, yeah. Oh, God, I went through all that work. Now, here, this is where I take the lesson from, by the way, Happy Chinese New Year. Happy today, Chinese New Year. And it made me think of kanji. Oh, yeah. So kanji is a rice soup. It's a rice. Sometimes they put pork kidney or something in it. Uh, you can put whatever you want, chicken feet. And it is simply long cooked rice. It cooks so long that the starch cooks out of it and becomes this gooey mess. And when you get kanji, it's served usually unseasoned because the consumer, that is you, the eater, is to season their soup with an array of condiments. It's so So if you have a soup party, which is what we're telling you to do here, put out, it's all about how you finish the soup. So put out some little croutons, put out drizzle it with some olive oils put some parm on it hello anybody go to olive garden get the unlimited soup that, what was it soup <laughs> soup salad and what's oh. it pasta fajol a minestrone and, yeah yeah minestrone like a basically an unending and all they would do is like with that rotary grater like uh, more parm more parm which probably wasn't parm but who cares right. it was delicious it was salty exactly that's a very good tip so put a parm put a parm right in it put pecorino right put a but cheddar rind in it. Do anything. You know, honestly, sometimes I've had a soup that needs a little tang, like uh, mm-hmm. a cabbage soup. And I'll, I'm going to say this on the air, guys. Everybody, oh, welcome to goes. my world. I'll squirt ketchup right into that. Ketchup. There you go. Because it's Tabasco. tomato. It's tomato and it's sugar and it's vinegar. Tabasco. Anything. So those are some really good tips. Let's not waste time here because we do have to say our top three soups. And I feel like this is going to be a Again, very big I thing. didn't realize how much there was. I, I could talk for the next four hours. In fact, we're canceling the next three uh, yeah. three radio shows just to talk about soup. <laughs> uh, I remember. 
remember talking to you at one point. I knew you were just Bretoning it, but you were like, oh, I don't even like soup, which I know is not true. No, I love soup. But you did give me I don't like soup one time. Well, I changed my mind the next hour. Amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> can, you, can you please tell me, what are your Gemini Queen, what your three favorite soups are Gemini today? Queen, well, today, <laughs> in this very minute, my three favorite soups are in order. Uh, I do love, uh, I love a beef vegetable soup. Uh. That's probably my number three. My number two would be a white bean, and it doesn't even have to have a ham hock in, but yes, white bean with some with a ham hock is delicious, delicious. mostly for flavor. But my number one, all here it is, <laughs> New England clam chowder. Bing, 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 yep. bing, 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 bing. That's the sound of a clam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound a clam makes when it's happy. That's the sound of a clam makes when it saw the turtle get killed at the Chinatown market. <laughs> oh, bing, 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 it wasn't us. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's amazing. That's actually my number three favorite soup. Okay, ready? So is your three favorites are? My three favorites are, <gasps> this is hard because I'm going to have to just name all the soups I, I like after this. Number three, New England clam chowder. Mm-hmm. Number two, matzo ball. Number one. Of course. Yeah. Ribolita. Oh, yeah. yeah which is a Tuscan bread soup. You're the Italo Jew kind of a. Uh, I love a Jewy soup. I love an Italian soup. Long I can I- have it's it all. Like, that, was the, that was the three, like, <laughs> Italian, Jewish, exactly. Long Island. And I also love what we call Long Island clam chatter, which is the red and the white mixed together. Got, exactly. Why, why pick when you can have both? Should we name some other soups we like, though, since we're here? Borscht. Oh, my God. Do I love a borscht? Cabbage soup. Bird's nest soup. That's that Chinese soup. And egg drop Egg oh, drop soup. Oh my yeah, god, kind of I love egg drop wonton soup. Name another one. Now the favorite that soup. Was a, a cheddar broccoli beer. Cheddar broccoli beer soup. In a bread bowl? <gasps> In a bread bowl. I forgot to talk about bread bowl. Okay, so we have just a few minutes before we finish up. So cream of mushroom. So we're going to really talk late cream of mushroom. Exactly. Anything with wild rice. Okay, quickly, go. Duck blood soup that my grandpa used to, he was Polish. Oh and he my would, god. I don't, I don't know, it's just soup made with duck blood and Is that broth. a teaser for next week? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There might be some bloody messes going on. We haven't even talked about lobster or crab bisque yet. Oh, my God. Okay, so hold on, everybody. Back in the 90s, picture it. <laughs> Nobody was on cell phones. We were all present. We all talked to each other. We used to leave van- answering machine messages, and we all got along, and we had terrible clothing, which you're trouting now. Now it's being repeated, and I don't understand why. Bucket hats. Yeah. Allie McBeal. <laughs> Lavender, pink, mixed together. Maroons, yellows. Who cares? <laughs> uh, boxy cars. But listen, the thing was a bread bowl. A bread bowl. And right, that was the thing to do. That was the thing to get. And you would get it. And I loved chili in a bread bowl because guess what? Oh my God. You take out the inside and after you, who doesn't want food that you can eat the, of your course, vessel? You can eat the bowl. I, I just think it's so funny to picture someone cleaning out a bread bowl, <laughs> eating all the beer cheddar soup out of it, and then picking up the bowl and just munching it. I did it. I did it. There was a wonderful restaurant in Madison where I went to college in Madison. Uh, and they had, I think it was called Amy's or something. And you could get a bread bowl for like four bucks, you know, when you're in college and you got to eat the bread bowl. It's like 4,000 calories. But I also have to say something very important to you She's right going to say it right now. Ready? French onion soup. We haven't even talked. French about- onion soup. I have a little story about French onion soup that closed out the show here. Okay. My father and mother, when they were younger, they were in the service industry. They owned a restaurant um, and they knew all the people around town. My dad was kind of a motherfucker, like in the good kind, but you know. Like a nice, a nice guy, a, but a, guy. a ball buster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a ball busting bartender Dylan. from the 1970s. So they go out to eat one night 
I guess the maitre d' and my father had major beef. They go sit down at the table. My dad orders an onion soup. The maitre d', who had a vendetta against him, brings it over, and he goes, as recanted by my mother and father, uh, hello, John, would you like the onion soup in the crock or in your crotch? And he pours scalding hot onion soup, which I think is hard because usually it's stuck. The cheese is baked onto the top. So he must have really flung it into my dad's crotch. And that, and is, where, to to and that is where the soup Nazi was born. And that's why I was adopted. <laughs> that's why. Just kidding. I'm not adopted. <laughs> I don't think. That's what they told you. Isn't that amazing? In a carton, in a can. And then my yes. mom also told me what the other day that man. my dad was a picky eater because his grandmother stole his turtle, his pet turtle when he was a kid and made soup out of it. Well... And there we go. That's why turtle (laughs) just goes to show turtle soup really was the most popular soup that grandmothers are willing to steal from their very own grandchildren or sons and daughters. I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh, avagalemino. Greek lemon soup. Listen, whether you garnish it with oyster crackers or saltines or croutons or just plain old <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just plain old things. Just whether plain... are you old? Do you need some hotter soup because yeah. you're so old? And for some reason, old people love things to be super hot. Maybe because they're close to death and they know that temperature is the only thing left that matters in this world. Exactly. So as we finish out into the next two months of the dead of winter, um, especially for those of you in the Midwest, bless your chilly little hearts. Do yourselves a favor. <laughs> And call your friends and take one of our recommendations and make one of the 472 soups that we just mentioned. And please, again, email us, lifesabanquetshow at gmail.com. If you have any questions about soups or recipes, we will answer all of those questions for you. We'd love to. Exactly. Breton, what a lovely episode. What a lovely episode. I am just starving. I can't wait to go make, I don't know. Alphabet soup? Alphabet soup. How Mm. could I forget? Guys, we love you. Thank you so much. Asa la pasta fajol. Oh. oh whoa. <laughs> Ciao. Durr. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fair, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.